Welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Here's your host, Tyler Wagner. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Authors Unite Show. Today, we got David Walter with us. Welcome to the show, man. All right, man. I've been looking forward to this podcast. (laughs) Yes, dude, me too. Um, If you can, start us off just with a little introduction, who you are and what you do. Oh, yeah. My name is David Walter, and I'm author of The Million Dollar Rebuttal. Uh, It's a number one bestseller and also founder of the Co-Calling Academy. Gotcha. Yeah, I've got, um, you know, many, many years, over 20-something, many more than that, years in in co-calling experience. So Mm -hmm. my goal now is to share it with the world. People ask me often, you probably have it in your list there, why did I write the book? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's going to be one of my questions. I, I, I wanted to talk about cold calling specifically because it's, I feel like it's a thing that a lot of people, they like dread to do, but I feel like you figured out a way that like it works and it's like not that bad. Like it's, it's maybe enjoyable in some sense. Yeah. Well, it's, if you, the t- cover of my book, it's, it's got this thing that says cold calling is not a numbers game. Yeah. And I just told, I just shared with you pre pre show that, uh, that phrase, got me number as a number one bestseller on Amazon. Yeah. That phrase cracked the code. Cause for some reason, uh, Tyler, everybody, I don't, when I would try to get, ask people to give me reviews, I like in Starbucks, Hey, I got a book. I'd love to get, if you give me a review, that'd be awesome. They'd be like, what's the book about? Uh, mm-hmm. calling. Ooh, you know, yeah, it's, we all know that cold calling is a numbers game. It's hard and, and tedious and painful. Even people who've never cold called in their life. Yeah. I don't know how they've, you know, they watch all watch boiler room or I don't know what, but <laughs> so, so what, you, I mean, what you was your experience with it or like, how did you get into it? Um, I got into it actually. Um, I was in college in a bank, you know, like they set up a little forum and invited and I was like, Hmm, co-calling a bank. Banks make all the money in the world. Yeah. I guess I'll try it. And so they did a lot of training and that was B2C my first experience cold calling. And basically we took credit cards. So we call people and try to get them to fill out credit card applications and super hard at the beginning. Then I kind of cracked the code cause I had sales experience in the past, but it was all about speeding up the process when I worked there and okay. getting them and making them laugh, mm-hmm. <laughs> laugh, you know, and laughter. I just did a post about that. Laughter is the best way to sell. I mean, it takes people's minds off anything they're worried about when you make them laugh. True. I would read the credit card. You know, the when you take a credit card app, there's like two pages of legalese speech. I would mm-hmm. read that so fast, like an auctioneer. That is funny. Okay. And people would just be laughing at it, you know, and then an interest rate variable, variable rate, no, two point five, based on <laughs> annual fee, annual fee, da, 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 annual fee, and people would just laugh, you know. And, you know, what's your social security number and make jokes about it. People laugh and lowers their guard. So that was my big secret there. But there I started setting 40, taking 40 credit cards a night. Apps, yeah. Which made me like the number one person in three call centers in the United States. Wow. It's yeah. killing me. Every night I came home with a different prize, like free movies to go to the, the Arlington ball, you know, watch the baseball game and like top front row seats. Yeah. Go to the football game and see the Cowboys because I got all the prizes. <laughs> got it interesting so like how many so how many calls so 40 a day how many calls do you think you were doing to achieve that i've really never thought about that i have the stats you know for my book 
yeah. once I did B2B, which is what I really focus on. I have all the stats for that, but I don't really remember how many calls I would make. Um, and then obviously for that, for that job, you were getting the, like the leads, I guess, provided to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were warm leads um, provided. There's still cold calls. Um, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But then I moved into the uh, environment where they did the cards, like the Texas A&M card. And you're calling people that had went to Texas A&M. And yeah, wanted to be, participate. Money went back to the the affinity cards, is what they call it. Okay, gotcha. that was a little easier. I set more that way, uh, mm -hmm. but that's you know, anytime you can get a warm way in, that's always better. Oh yeah, no. always cold. And if you're cold, laughing, laugh all the way to the bank. <laughs> yeah. So, what did you um? Did you start out with SEO? Like, what's MSP SEO Factory? Is that before? Oh, that's uh, one of the companies I control, and I, I, I that's the last thing I've been doing. Oh, okay. This is the most recent. Yeah, yeah. It's a side thing. I had a call center. Basically, what my story is, is that I, I, I left that. I went to work for my dad. Okay. And I helped him make a million dollars. Then we hit the 90s recession, and he went bankrupt. And so I had to go get a job, and so I had some background in cold calling. And so I, I found this job called CSI out of Mesquite, and it was a, a PEO company, a large company in Mesquite, Texas. They had a room, you know, sizable call center there. And the guy hired me off the, you know, just like, boom, just like that. Nice. Because he used to, he interviewed, trying to get a job at MBA America Bank, which is the bank where I had been a, a superstar. He heard about me and he's like, David, I want you. Yeah. <laughs> and they had this huge bonus structure. And I thought I could see all the dollar signs, you know, cha-ching. <laughs> After working there for a little bit, I wasn't making the money that I wanted. And I was like, because everybody there had low goals. Yeah. They set two a day. Literally, one guy had a bell, and he'd bring a bell when he had two appointments. Mm. I'm like, dude, you're not going to make any money with two appointments, you know? Yeah. But those are clock riders. You know, those are average people that are they're happy with meager, meager money and, you know, just want to put in the least amount of effort. But I, I just had this whole thing where I started meditating. I was like, I got to crack that because I need to help my dad find a place to live. I want to buy land in the country and build a house. And so I picked up, they had this sales library there. And I picked up Zig Ziglar's book, See You at the Top. Nice. I read it, but I had read a lot of books about the subconscious mind. That one was the tipping point. I tell people, that's why you have to keep reading books. You don't read one. You got to read and read and read because one will speak to you. 100%. One of them will finally tip, you know, like just tip the whole process and make you take action. And, you know, until, unless you, until you take action from reading, it's a waste of time. Mm -hmm. But I actually, in that book, that's where he tells people to look in the mirror and claim your goals. Like I was talking about before the vision board and all that. Yeah. And I looked in the mirror every morning and said, I'm going to make 15 appointments today. I'm going to make, and I'd say it several times with passion and believe, you know, visualize it. And I did that for six months. And six months later, I set 15 appointments. Nice. Everybody was setting two. I was setting 15. And I did it every day. Hmm. That's the miracle. That's the, the cold calling hot streak. I call it the uncanny cold calling hot streak. 15 every single day for six yeah. months straight. Just that every day incredible. hitting 15 appointments. And I, you know, on my website, I have the guy that worked there. Um, that was the vice president of the company testifying that that he got my book, he read it, and everything I said happened happened. So nice. I mean, 
That's what I tell people. Imagine most companies would freak out if they got 15 appointments tomorrow. Yeah, they they might not even be ready for it. Yeah. yeah. My God. And then if they got another 15 and another 15, they, they'd be buried, man. <laughs> so you said it took you like five years to write this? Oh, uh, yeah. This well, I wrote it in about a year and a half. Okay. But a five-year process of getting it out in the world because I got screwed over by one off editor. You know, you know how you help authors? Yeah. And you're legit. There, for every one company like you, there's a hundred of them that want to take advantage of authors and take their money and do nothing or do very little tiny bit. Yeah. It's so shame, I just man. any authors out there, just now he didn't ask me to plug him, but I would say don't waste your time trying to figure it out yourself because it's gonna take five years. You want to shortcut it, get connected to Authors Unite because these guys are legit. And um, you can see from the testimonials and everything, they actually help people with the things they need, not a bunch of junk that you don't need. Totally. Yeah. And an editor is one of the most important things for a book. So I can definitely see how that would have delayed things or messed things up a little bit. Um, I always tell people that like when I wrote my first book, I was 20 years old and honestly, I don't think it was that good at first. <laughs> and then I had an editor come in and just, it she took it from like a two out of 10 to like a nine out of 10. Like it was that dramatic. And, um, I don't know. Just an editor makes a very large difference. Yeah, I was paranoid, man. I had my book edited like a, ten times. I, th you know what's funny? Ten man? times edited. <laughs> I, I think that's actually more common than not. Like for me, at this point, I'm jaded because like I, I've, I don't even know. I think we're over two thousand authors now that we've worked with. So like I've, I've been through the process so many times that I'm almost like a a support channel. I'm just like, yo, it's going to be okay. Don't, but I do remember my first book and how freaking like scared I was of there being like any spelling errors, any miss period, like anything. I was like freaking out for months after it launched. So because there, there are people yeah. that are Nazis out there that mm -hmm. will climb mountains and hills <laughs> and traverse the rain to knock on your door. You have a misspelling here. I've circled it for you. <laughs> I know you're right. I just can visualize those people knocking on knocking on my door. It's you it's, read your book and you have misspellings. <laughs> you're under arrest. Um, the spelling no, yeah. police, the grammar police. My uh, my first book was only like 70, 80 pages, so it was like pretty pretty skinny. And um, the one of the reviews I got, mostly it has good reviews, but I got a couple bad ones, and it was saying. Uh, your, the, the worst thing about your book is that you can't even use it as a doorstop because it's not big enough. <laughs> and I was like, damn, man, that's pretty evil, man. But well, have I'll you seen one of Grant's new books? Uh, oh, the Millionaire Booklet? Yeah, it's a booklet. That thing's pretty small. I, I, I have, uh, I've actually, I've read that and it's, yeah, it's, well, it, it's a booklet, exactly like you said. <laughs> I guess you can get away with that when you're Grant Cardone, right? Yeah, yeah, it is pretty small. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is not to promote other authors, but this is, uh, Brandon Bornishay's book I just got, but oh yeah, yeah, that's what I was I was checking out actually when we were talking. That that book, um, in one of the categories you're in, that book is number one in one of them. Yeah, and whatever it takes is his new book. What? Oh wow, there you go. Yeah, that, I, that was number one book. for a period of time, but that was a while back. But the good thing about totally. being a number one bestseller is you got to crack it one time, and then you're good. You're, it's like being president, and then you're president for the rest of your life. Exactly. Well, you can be removed from Twitter, but other than that. <laughs> um, so about the book, just because a lot of our listeners, they are authors or aspiring authors. Like, what are some of the things you learn? Like, walk us through the process. Like, what? I get, it's a big question, but it's like, 
why did you decide to write the book in the beginning? And then like, what did you learn along the whole entire process to now that you have it out? Well, the, the reason I decided to write the book is I had a lot of lack of confidence. Okay. I think that's what keeps people from really going and going after their dreams is the fear, fear of failure. Yeah. Just, you know, the author, the whole grammar thing is just a part of that fear of failure. What if people don't like it? You know, like, like, uh, um, uh, let's see back to the future. Yeah. Um, the, the dad that he went back in, in the future, I forget the, the name, but he was, yeah. he was writing those science fiction novels and he's like, I, don't, I can't let anybody see it. What if they don't like it? <laughs> yeah. That's we're all like that almost. Right. You know, what if, you know, what if you say something bad about it? Yeah, so your failure holds <laughs> back. So, but I was on a, I was on a plane with a guy that going to Florida, <laughs> this is like five years ago. And uh, he was just taking a job as a glorified co caller in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Just got hired. And so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you some secrets. And so I started, he started writing stuff down, man. <laughs> he started writing it down. He's like, so what if this happens? You know, and he's, he's like getting all my knowledge. I was like giving him all my knowledge on a, on a three hour flight. And uh, by the end Smart of it, I, he wasn't bored at all. He yeah. loved it. He, in fact, he, he walked me out. We talked and he was getting married. He had his fiance. She introduced, introduced me to her. And I walked away, you know, on cloud nine thinking, man, somebody actually values my knowledge. Mm. And so that's why I felt the confidence. I, I was like, you know what? I am going to write that book. Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about it for a long time. And I was like, I'm going to write that book. And, um, but that's the, con- it gave me the confidence. And why did I write the book? It's because the greatest for me, I love to teach people things. When I teach somebody something and then I see they get it and then they go on and, and can do even better than me. Uh, man, that brings me joy of, of beyond anything material could. Totally. And I was just in, I was in, in Fort Lauderdale. I was telling you, I just came back from Miami Yeah. and we were, people were starting to get bored on the beach. And so I went and bought a, a volleyball, my nephew, nieces and nephews. We had like 15 people out there. I started teaching them how to play volleyball and they started learning it and they were okay. And then we did it the next day. And then they were like pros. They were like slamming the ball and everything. <laughs> and they were like, David taught us how to play volleyball. Just that joy, you know, and I've yeah. trained to get to do cold call and seeing them do amazing. And it, it feels good. Just like you, you train people on how to, write books and become bestsellers and you see them, you know, on the wall. Oh yeah. It's amazing. Right. You know, like I I help somebody else. Yeah. The end result is always, it's incredible. I I love it. That's what never gets old for me. Um, And really with the pod, like podcasting, I agree. It's, it's interesting. Like one of the main reasons I do the podcast is I just, I love to learn and this is my favorite way of learning. You know, it's the most non boring way of learning in my opinion, because it's interactive. And, you know, it's almost like I can, uh, it's like, I can ask you anything I want. <laughs> you know? I mean, you can decide not to answer. That's up to you. Right but... to steal ideas. <laughs> yes, but, but ultimately it's like, I don't know. I just think a podcast is one of the best things you could ever do. There's I've just... had some podcasts, they, they actually go too far, you know, like they want all your secrets. I'm like, yeah. well, I got to make some money, man. <laughs> well, that's I mean, where every secret you've got. That's where we're headed. <laughs> so get ready. <laughs> um, so, but I'll share a lot. Go ahead. Tell me, um, 
I, well, you let me know, but I, we were talking before this and I just, I find it interesting. So, and, and this is a video as well. So like one of your new books or not one of the new books, but your new book coming out, you're going to share it in there of what you were showing me with LinkedIn. Are, are you waiting to share that publicly or would you? Oh yeah. No, I'm not sure. Okay. You're not, yeah, no. Well, I find it so fascinating. So either way, we'll just make it more, that's more spicy then. So you'll have I'll come to. back and, and do that. Okay. I mean, yeah. Probably. I'm like I'm two months away from having the book done. Okay, cool, cool. You let, let I'd us love know. Love to come that. back on and uh, Jan, John Jan is the same way. Duct tape, gotcha. duct tape marketing. He wants yeah. to talk about how I got how I got how I booked him on the podcast. Yeah, those he wants to talk about that. Like, yeah, I was like, I'll come back. I promise. Okay, yeah. Uh, no, people are excited about that. That's what I and and you you know hopefully you can help me. But I think yeah, that t- what I teach people in this book is the basics, but um, I had, uh, I think it's Steven Schiffman, no, Claude yeah. Whitaker, Claude Whitaker, who has a book on telemarketing, uh, and he's always in the first page of telemarketing Amazon. He went on and he reviewed my book, and he said that there were things that I teach in my book that are not taught in any sales class or not revealed in any book, and he actually even mentioned the page names of page numbers that they're on. That gave me a lot of confidence. But that's what basically I have secrets that are basic secrets, right? How to get past gatekeepers that he said he had never even heard of before. Secrets on the the big, and I'll share you what the big secret is in the book. Yeah, yeah, please do. You need this secret before you get to my next book. The big secret is it's think about everybody in that call center was setting two appointments and I was setting 15. Why was I able to set so many more appointments than them? Mm. that's the big question and it goes to the heart of the matter the heart of the matter is that in in sales you probably heard this a good prospect has to have a need yeah that's like sales 101 you've got to have a need man start by qualifying the need and that is a that is that is wrong it's a myth and it's Mm. the myth that is like a wet blanket over all telemarketing efforts Interesting. Okay. And, and the reason is simple. And I, when I ask people this, they kind of realize it. They didn't know they, it's like Socrates. I'm going to teach you something you already know. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> teach something I already know. If you've ever picked up the phone and called um, for any kind of product or service, and you're offering a product into a market like uh, dentists, lawyers, accountants, right? And you're calling lots of accountants and you want to get, you know, a partner on the phone and offer them something or try to get an appointment to meet with them. What you're gonna hear, I'd say 90% of the time is we're happy with what we have. Mm-hmm. Or uh, we're all good. There's a few different phrases people say, but what they mean is they have something now and they're happy with it. Very small, very rarely do people say I'm not interested. Like flat out, I'm not interested. Most people that you talk to say they're happy with what they have. Now, what, what, when people call nine times out of 10, their objective is to call somebody and talk to them who says that they have a need. Yeah. That's a tiny, that's, I call it looking for a needle in the haystack. Yeah. Uh, most comp, most marketing agencies say that there's about 3% of any market that has a top of mind need for something. Interesting. Wow. Okay. And the reason why, the reason why that is, is I, the best way I can describe it, this is one of my secrets, um, 
is I, I read a book called The Power of Habit. Yep, and I've in, read that too. Yeah, great book. Terrifying though. <laughs> True, yeah. Not only do we have a subconscious mind and it's proven with the Brazil ganglia, but corporations are trying to hack our own subconscious mind. <laughs> yeah. So guys out there, we have a subconscious mind. Read that book. But the, the story from that book that I took away was the story of Febreze and when they launched their product, how they failed, if you remember that. Mm-hmm. And then they, re, they relaunched it, but, but they had to find out what was wrong. And they sent out um, MIT grad, MIT professors to go study the market and interview people and find out why it failed. And they walked into this one woman's house. It was like one of the last calls they had. When the door opened, the smell of cat smells wafted out. And it, it made them gag. I mean, it was that, it was rancid. I mean, I don't know if you've ever, anybody in the audience, have ever smelled something rancid. I had rent houses one time that I thought I had this one that was perfect. Nothing was missing. The air conditioner was still there. You know, the stairs, the, it was, I was like, man, this is the best time. And then I went in and opened up the microwave and boom, rancid. I had to vomit and they left a little surprise oh. for me. They oh. left a surprise. I know, I know I'd been there for like months. But that's what wafted out. Yeah, and they had to yeah. hold their nose. They walked in and asked the lady. It was the smell of cat smells. And they had to ask this lady a series of marketing questions. And number one is, did you buy Febreze? She said, yes. Have you used Febreze? Yes. How many times? She said, one time. Now, why did you use Febreze? And she said, because of the cat smells. Idiot. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> the cat smells, right? And they're like, okay. And then they, they said, okay, okay. So do you smell the cat smells now? No. No. She didn't smell the cat smells. And the, the lesson from that, and they have this big campaign called Nose Blind. Yeah. You know, where they, have, they show these massive socks that are, that are like stinky socks laying around a room, you know, and you would, it would blow your nose out if you walked in there, but their kids are playing the game. And, you know, there's a car that's a dog, literally it's a dog car. And the people don't realize it because people get used to their smells. Oh yeah, true. Right. And so they had to change their whole marketing plan. They had to sell to prevent smells. Mm. That was the key. But back to what I was talking about is simply everyone's happy with what they have because they can't smell their needs. Ah, yes. Full They're used to the problems and they think that's normal. Totally. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. Software that doesn't work right, but that's just the way that software works, man. Yeah. Printers that are a hassle. You know, uh, damn, what was that? <laughs> what was that show where the guys kicked the printer? You know, and like beat it with a bat and all that. Oh, no, no. it's uh, That's a movie, Office Space, right? Or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Yeah. Now, those guys knew they had a problem with that printer. Yeah. But everybody else, <laughs> everybody else in the company didn't know they had a problem. Yeah. Everybody else was cool. The, the guy with yeah, the stapler. Yeah, just you got to push it and turn around and do a little dance and do the jiggy and it works. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good movie. I like that movie. But that's one of my favorites. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm, it was a mild, uh, I'm forgetting things now. Anyway, but that that is the reason why. So basically, the largest part of the market doesn't know they have a need a problem, but they're not not interested. Mm-hmm. But we're skipping all that and we're trying to find somebody who has a need right now. 
Do you have a need right now? No, we're happy. Okay. Do you have a need right now? No, we're happy. No, you have a need right now? No. Oh, that's only 3% of the market. And you may never even get find that 3%. Yeah, true. There we go. Everybody else is setting a couple of appointments, you know, a day. So I was setting 15 because when they told me, Tyler, I'm happy with, with what we have, I was like, fantastic. Let's talk, man. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, that's what do you like so much about it? You know, and I, and I just that that's my whole approach. And I mean, if anything that the people could take away from this call is that opens a huge door. It's like it's like playing golf, and and you you got that tiny little hole you have that that ball in, and then taking it and making the making the hole this big to play golf. How easy would that be? Mm, dramatically. Boom! You you be holding a one every time. <laughs> Get it on the green and somewhere it'll roll in. Happy <laughs> When your target is so huge, when suddenly you're not trying to find people that have a need, when it's, hey, we just got to get people on the phone that are happy with what they have. And, and you can turn more of those people into calls. And of course, the better you get, then the more, and that's what I did is I, I basically evolved that into the Zen state of mind. Yeah. Right? From I could set more than everybody else. To I could set way more than humanly people thought even possible on B2B calling. And 15 a day is, a, I, I'm willing to bet I broke some kind of a record, if anybody keeps records of that. Yeah. That's a lot of appointments a day. But uh, that's where the book, what I try to do, and then I have the cold calling academy where people can watch my videos. And the idea is to, to hone your skills, to be able to overcome all the objections. Because when I was setting 15, I had a response that it was practiced and rehearsed for yeah. almost every objection humanly possible. You know, yeah, yeah, oh, like, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Boom. Let me, let me do this for, you know, wow, that's very interesting. Let me, I'm glad you, you brought that up. Let me hit that. So it's until you become a Zen, you know, Zen. And that's what I want to teach people. I want these guys and gals in business and co-calling and business development to become Zen masters at setting appointments. But the cool thing is, it's not only easier, but you can do it with less time. Okay. You don't need to sit around and call all day long. That's, that's the other secret is that you call less often you, you call less people and then, but you call them more often. Gotcha. Call call is not a numbers game. You don't call 150 people a day. It's a waste of time because you're going to miss your calling consecutively. You'll miss most people. I call, you right now and you're on a podcast. Well, uh, now, from now you may not be on a podcast, right? I only had one call for you and I missed it. Yeah. But if I'm going to call you three times today, Tyler, my chances of catching you increase dramatically. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was doing. So my answer to that, to set, to set 15 appointments, I would, I would get in contact with 40 people a day. Gotcha. And like multiple times, kind of like follow up with them. No, no, that was the one con contact is all I'm after. But that would gotcha. be the result of multiple calls. Got it. That makes sense. Sometimes I get lucky and I get the you know the first time I call I get them, but yeah, sometimes yeah. it was the third call or the second call. But you dramatically increase your your contacts, and that's the name of the game. Is that's why cold calling is not a numbers game, right? It's yeah. not calling 150 people consecutively. It's calling 50 to 60 people a bunch of times over two or three days. And the, the result is I got way more appointments by doing that way. Of course, it my market was bigger, right? Yeah. It, I could talk to more people.
because I was targeting people that were happy with what they had. Got it. All the things in my book, they layer on top of one another. Perfect. Each, okay. each thing makes it easier. And then that thing you learn makes that easier. And then, and then the whole thing together, you know, when you learn how to overcome objections, my, my secret to objections, which Claude thought was brilliant, there is no objection that I can't overcome because I don't see objections as objections. Mm -hmm. They're buying yeah. signs. It's a buying question. That's a good point. I like that. They're just buying questions. And, I'm not, and don't argue for how to win friends and influence people. Never argue. The thing is, people, they argue with prospects all day long and they don't even realize it. It's true. Anytime they want you to send out information, you say, I, would not, I don't want to do that. They want to get a proposal, you know, like a, some quotes, or they want a ballpark, or they want any number of things. And you say, I can't give them, I can't give you that. You've lost. You can never win. Yeah. You can never win an objection. I like that though. It's, it's a buying sign. That's true. Yeah. So you, you basically get, you have to agree with everything they say. So literally imagine if I talk to you and even if you say something negative, I see it as a positive and I agree with you in some way. And then we talk and then you say something, I agree with you or we agree. We agree all the way to the appointment. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Got it. And um, just for, so yeah, we'll definitely have to have you on again. Um, me, me and that for, for our audience, uh, me, me and David got a little handle, uh, uh, what do you call it? We, we were talking for a while before we hit records. <laughs> so you guys missed out on some stuff, but, um, let people know where they can find you in your book. But if they and then, subscribe to membership, they get the video to watch that beforehand, right? Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. That's the deal. <laughs> you got to buy the full membership, but anyway, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, make sure everybody knows like where to, um, to find, like, are you on Instagram too and stuff? I'm on Instagram. I don't promote there. I'm mainly on LinkedIn. Mainly LinkedIn. Okay, cool. Yeah. Connect with me on LinkedIn. And, okay. Um, but I also have uh, my ClickFunnels account, getbookoffer.com. Get book offer. Okay. Or my free book, getbookoffer.com. That's a free book. And then you get a bunch of goodies. And then you can find out there, I have a, I have a cold calling seminar a webinar that you can find out about my, uh, my training and my videos and stuff like that. Okay. But you just have to go to getbookoffer.com. Okay, perfect. And thanks for coming on the show. And then we'll, uh, when your new book comes out, then we'll schedule another time. I'm excited. The Authors Unite show is sponsored by AuthorsUnite.com. Your one-stop shop for becoming a profitable author and maximizing your impact.